Guys, this is part two of the episode. If you haven't heard part one yet, what are you doing here? Click on that and listen, and then come back here. For the rest of you, here's part two. Did you see the um, big quiz of the year, whoever it was? No, I didn't. I've seen. I've heard. Um, I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't seen it yet. What I've was your, at some point? Yeah. What is your thoughts on non-comedic on um, non-comedic personality? Well, comedic personalities will say taking. So non non-comedians yeah, going it. on. So people like yeah, people like sort of Taui stars being on yeah. Stars. Okay. Yeah. I think it. Obviously, I'd rather it was comedians being on them. Um, as with everybody, yeah, I get that commissioners want to pull in audiences and say, mm. like Spencer Matthews or somebody is on it, then that might get more viewers than some circuit comic. Mm. But ultimately, I think if you want to play the long game and introduce comics to the TV viewing public more and more, mm. that has to start somewhere. Mm. And like, obviously, I'd rather it be comedians, but I understand why, from someone's view, they're going shit. I need to get a certain number of viewers on this. Um, and make a certain amount of money. So mm. we just have to put celebrity in to try and get some more eyes on it. Mm. Um, but obviously, I, I would absolutely rather that wasn't the case. Well, I think that maybe if they were, well, I agree with you to a point. I agree with you to a point. But I think on these other shows, so not just the big factors of the year. Yeah. I think they do need to be using less of these reality stars or whatever else, more than certain comics who can act or the people that actually write the shows. As we know that people that write those actual shows are certain yeah. are comics. Why are we not using them and giving them the slots? It's a bit yeah, like I completely I completely agree. I think um, obviously mm-hmm. comics should have those spots and there's um it's very but it's bad when it's 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 bad when like that program that I don't know if it's ended up being on yet, where sort of non comedians are talked by comics. That's not on is that gonna that's be not, Yeah, that's, that's not, not that's not gonna be good. And they yeah. obviously have the right backlash of let's commission work by actual comedians instead. Mm. That's not on yet, but I am very much looking forward to it being on just to see how bad it is. I'm kind of intrigued, yeah. I'm, I, I'm intrigued as to like how much of a train wreck it will be and who will be good. Mm. Um, BBC Radio did a similar thing a few years ago where like mm. one presenter from each station, one, two, three, mm. four, five, six, did a stand-up set for Cancer Research and they were mentored by actual comics. And mm. like the winning guy, it was really bad. Mm. Um, and the winning guy's opening joke was coming on and going, um, just took my wife to Northern Ireland. They've had their troubles and God knows we've had ours. <laughs> and that was like the standard of the whole thing. It was so bad. Well, they've actually got some not bad comedians to actually do the... Yeah, um, I saw people, there's good mentors for it. Like Judy Loves, uh, Judy Loves doing it. Yeah, but one thing I worry about is that it will... Um, I mean, I think it will die away as all these sort of things die mm. away. But that people that needed the paycheck and took it from entering them yeah will be seen as sort of turncoats for doing so when comics aren't getting work essentially mm. and i don't think that will happen because i think this stuff will die off but yeah i worry that might be something that comes from it that isn't very good mm. that's definitely yeah well there's obviously gonna be some backlash as there is with absolutely as with as with most things but i think yeah. we're kind of in agreement 
that yeah. TV producers need to be getting their finger out and putting more out, putting more comedians. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a bit like um, it's a bit like you remember Andrew Lawrence like a few years ago. Yeah, mm. yeah, I th- yeah. I remember, do you remember his comments on stuff was it like the Apollo? Was that? It was his comments on the panel shows where he said that there oh, the were... comics aren't up to scratch. They've been picked because they're he's, part of minority said, group. Yeah. No, he said um, he did say something like that, and he also, but he also said there's women on there pretending to be comedians, like, and I think people took that as if not. To, I think people took that as if he said women shouldn't be comedians because it does. It's a really badly worded statement. It's totally um, yeah, that's not great. But what he was saying no. was there are female celebrities on. Yes. That should have. Right, okay. I, yeah. yeah, I think I'd miss that. I think I'd miss that. Yeah, that's worded in a way to inflame his existing fan base, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, I don't want to see kind of Made in Chelsea stars on any more than anybody else does. But it's, uh, I think that that's probably worded in a particular way for Andrew Lawrence's fan base. And he's also said yeah. about Life of the Apollo in the past, like, oh, some of the comics on this aren't up to scratch and they're on because they're minority groups. And it was kind of, this was widely derided. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, he was an early arbiter of this sort of, I'm the only right-wing comedian in Britain stuff. <laughs> and and there, he was probably, to be fair to him, there was probably a point where he was the one that was actually what? on TV, the only one that was actually on TV. <laughs> but I think to the... The point, I think, well, even if it was terribly worded, I think on some level, he was kind of, he was kind of correct in the why was this not being given to an actual female comedian? I think, yeah, I think it should have been given to an actual female comedian, definitely. And I think I can understand why producers would say, in the short term, I just need eyes on this program. This person mm. will get eyes on it. Mm. But I don't think that's the right way of looking at it in the long term, if you want to create yeah. better TV and a better broadcast culture in the long run completely. They just um, haven't. They just really haven't cottoned on to the fact that because they're doing because they're doing this, like they're putting all these rap well, well, these non-comedians on comedian in comic in, in comedian spaces, they're losing all. They're ultimately losing audiences who are now going to the comedians on the actual comedians online content, but they haven't. Yeah, exactly. It. No, I agree, and it also means that comedy that does get on TV hmm. can tends to be of a lower standard and. Um, because it's playing to these sort of lowest common denominator ideas. Mm. And so it doesn't really benefit anyone. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't. Mm. It, it, I mean, it wouldn't be what I would cast, but, you know, I think it's an argument that will <clears throat> eternally rumble on and on. Question. But we'll kind of stick to the, the topic of writing. Like, when do you work best? Because I believe that everyone sort of has their magic hour in the day where they, where all Ooh. the creativity comes through. Like, mine is. I believe seven to nine o'clock at night. That's probably first first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Mm. Mine, I have to be in a quiet space and I have to sort of have screens off and not have anything around me. Um, and it's, I think I, I tend to think of a lot of ideas while I'm falling asleep in that sort of hypnagogic state and just I just turn voice recorder on on my phone and just kind of ramble mm. um, and then listen back to it the next day and often think like, what the fuck was that? Um, but then <laughs> the next morning kind of try and put it into a workable state. Mm. And it's not because I'm most creative. It's because because I have a day job that I do from home. It's the most, the time where I'm most kind of productive and nobody else is around and most, it's most quiet. And also the stuff is freshest because I'd thought of it the day before often. Um, 
so that's probably where mine is but i haven't really experimented enough with kind of trying at different times of day mm. to know what's worse and why but that's definitely when i'm most focused and most able to get on with stuff well, i've kind of just had as i was like you've got a day job as well uh, yeah. but one of my new year's resolutions was to just increase my creative writing and at least that's a really good resolution at, and at least to write at least for an hour every uh, an hour every other day that's and really good so just one day i just picked you know what i've had my dinner I'm, i let me just sit down and see what happens and yeah that's now my, that's now my thing to be honest that's brilliant that's really good like yeah keep it up so that's definitely a i need to write more mm. consistently i go through patches where i'm in a really calm place and i'm just kind of doing it and doing it and doing it and then long patches about, and it would be really nice to get into a more consistent place. I probably need to set a time. Is it stand up um, you're writing, or is it other things as well? Stand up bits and pieces. I've got a work in progress at the start of the next month online, but I need to that I need to get on with. <laughs> but I think it's work in progress. I've been a bit like, oh, um, this doesn't need to be perfect yet, but it needs to be in a bit better form than it is at the moment. When is the work in progress going to be? It's it's online as part of Leicester Comedy Festival, but I'll. Um, no, when when is it going to be? Oh, it's fourth and fifth of Feb. At 8 30 um, pm so yeah it's over two nights it's 45 minute work in progress for a show that when gigs ever come back will start being put together again hmm. but i haven't been writing a lot of stand-up for that reason because i don't really see the point i've been kind of trying to i'm really bad at online content so i've been trying to figure it out a bit more hmm. um because you had the you had the autism you had the autism sorry, yeah you? I did I had I did a, a web series in the first lockdown called Autism 101 where I just sort of talked about autism related issues that was um, good man that thanks went. man I'm glad you enjoyed it but yeah I kind of I've been I should do some more at some point but I've been trying to I did a couple of online classes of different comics on sort of how to use reels like how to use TikTok how to use YouTube properly and I've just been kind of writing little contenty bits that could mm. work in those contexts um or even just sitting down and being like right here's 10 joke ideas if it's what is nice to do what i have liked having to do is having to think right how can i put a visual thing onto this so that it works on the screen mm. rather than on stage where you're saying something and your body language is inherent um it's nice to have to fit nice to have to think right what's a funny backdrop i could use what's a funnier way i can overplay this so it's something people don't skip away from mm. and it makes you think about how if you're someone like me that's more sort of quiet on stage or more of a storyteller it's hard to put yourself back into that kind of mindset of doing very small things where every aspect of it even what's surrounding you in the room needs to be funny or needs to be thought about for a particular reason mm. And it's 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 been quite interesting making myself do that because it's I don't know you learn quite quickly from it. Mm. Yeah, I can, yeah, completely, completely see that. So I mean, I'm I'm still kind of at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm putting this online and like a hundred people are viewing it and that's it. But it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fine. Um, it's then, nice to it's just nice to kind of flick about and mm. do stuff for its own sake. But then again, that's 100 people that may not have seen you before. That is true, but they're seeing, I think they're seeing, if they're seeing like a two second reel or something, um, I don't really know how, unless you're sort of like at the Val Zafar level where you built a fan base off the back of it, I don't really know how much that translates over into real life. Or Isaac HP. Yeah, of course, Isaac, yeah. But 
you know, good for you for trying it out. Man. Thanks, like, man. I mean, it's. I think I um I did a I went to a online session that Ignacio Lopez put on last week, hmm. where he was saying that he he really disliked TikTok because he had seen people on there stealing his jokes and lip syncing to them, <laughs> um, and it was yeah, and I can see that being a problem. What is so weird to me that there's a genre now which is like people lip syncing to other comedians' jokes. That's that's and insane. like doing and better pop- doing better than the actual jokes did in the first place is really strange. And then they'll get to do shows. And I mean, apart, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much that will translate over into real life in any real way, apart mm. from Sarah Cooper, who's doing a different thing altogether. But mm. it's definitely bad that there's like people that are able to monetize the platform from like lip syncing to pre existing jokes. That's really bad. Like, so... I think I, struggle, I sometimes struggle with that a bit because, like, when that the whole thing started, all lip syncing is bad. It was a bit like drag queens have been doing this for years, and this feels <laughs> like there's a bit of low key queer phobia to like putting. Lipstick is something on stage is copyright infringement. It's a bit like, not too sure about that. But I mm. guess with them, there's a character and there's kind of a, char- a, a characterization of the song in a certain way. Mm. Um, rather than just kind of directly lip syncing something and then presenting it as your own work. And I suppose, but with songs, there's an entire marketing team and a entire production team behind them. Yeah, exactly. And there's also like there's also like dancing and other things you could do to make it your own. Yeah, exactly. But when it's a comedian's it's a comedian's words, that's way I think that's way more personal than lip syncing over a song. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. they should at least be paying the comedian a little well, if they're using it, they should at least be contacting the comedian to ask them if they can use it. Yeah, I completely yeah, I completely agree. Um, I would which like I'm guessing they're not. Which I'm guessing they're not. I don't. I don't think so. No. I mean, I don't know much <laughs> about it, but I. It's just so. It's so. Um, seedy. That's the word. Yeah. It's really, yeah. Definitely seedy. It's just this kind of. It just makes my head sort of spin a bit to see it and think about it. It's really strange. <laughs> it's a bit like. It's a bit like an open mic comedian, like getting, bit getting big and getting work from using someone else's material. Yeah, it does feel a bit like that. And like, even if you're putting your own flavour on it, it's still just, I mean, even if you credit it, even if you put like, um, mm. in the caption, just put like, me doing a at Ignacio Lopez joke or whatever, then that would be fine. Mm. Or, or if people or... were doing it in a creative way, like if somebody was like doing it, um, they were lip syncing to it in a comedy way, or like they were lip syncing to it, like, <clears throat> I think it'd be funny if they were like dressed as a historical character, lip syncing to different things. Like, mm. I think it'd be funny to see like a series of Churchill lip syncs or like two existing comedians' jokes, like that say female or black comedians have done in, in his voice. That would be a really funny thing, and someone should do that. But, um, but what Chris Rock, what of, Chris Rock coming out of Church yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 him, go, him going like, my mother was a sort of woman that had coupons <laughs> for coupons. <laughs> like that, that would be really funny, but um, just kind of a, a teenager from like Bracknell or something like lip syncing to a Dane Baptiste joke is just a deeply weird thing. Yeah. It's nice in some ways that people can identify with things in that way. And like people could do whatever they want online, but it's it does seem like something that since using TikTok, I've thought a bit like this is something that shouldn't really be going on. It's just a bit of a strange world, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's so bizarre. I, I feel I feel like such an old man using it, and and like stuff that I put on that's got the most views is stuff that I don't think is funny at all. Hmm. Um, it feels like I mean I'm going to sound like such an old guy saying this, but it feels like as people's attention spans have got shorter, humour has got worse <laughs> in some ways. Um, I don't have any kind of advanced theory on that, but I've definitely 
obscene stuff where I've been like, this isn't funny at all. But I'd say there's I'd say there's a lot more non-jokes on there than there are actual jokes. I'd say it's harder to do weird stuff mm. um, because you have to sort of get to the punchline straight away. And like I did a clip last week that was me doing different lockdown hobbies. <laughs> and all the whole joke for one, and this wasn't very funny, it was like I put the London Underground backdrop up. And there's my main one is like walking the streets of London mm. from my house on the green screen. And obviously that's not a brilliant joke. But like that got five six hundred views which was a lot for me and i was going hang on this isn't why is this an identifiable thing to people <laughs> like apart from the fact that it is a factually identifiable thing <laughs> it's just a like throwaway bit it's not really very funny in any there's no twist to it and i think no. i worry it's getting to the point where it's kind of something's identifiable but there's no actual twist to it yeah i can i can kind of see that there's i watch a lot of instagram well instagram yeah. comedians and i see a lot of that those kind of things and that reaction videos as well so yeah you can kind yeah. of see where you're coming from in that there's there's no real well there's no real surprise it's just literally just like this is the gap this is this is what i'm doing and there's no real no real gag no there's not the best person on there though is um a guy a guy called chooks who does like little sketches about um growing up about going to uni in america in a sort of very kind of white uni um and, <laughs> and not refitting in so not yeah not refitting in as a black british guy mm. um or him being seen as very posh because he's british even though he's from peckham mm. or somewhere mm. and and being seen as like very posh by sort of american gangster guys he was at uni with and they're really good but that's obviously someone that puts like hours and hours into mm. it i'll tell you who's like done really well in it on this whole medium was Muya Chihuahua. yeah Munya's fantastic i love his stuff um He's, yeah, he's really, really good at what he does. And it's, but that's what I mean. And there's actual craft behind it as well. And there's kind of, he's tapping into existing political interests. So like how he gets, um, how he gets like the amount of content out that he does every time mm. he gets out. Like, it's amazing. When, as soon as there's a news item, he's like got a full edited video out mm. of two hours of it. It's absolutely incredible. Did you hear about, well, how, how big are you into hip, into Yuga hip hop? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty big into it, but I, okay. I miss I miss some beefs and some. Okay, okay. There's uh, at the moment there's a beef between Chip and Storm. Chip yeah, Martin yeah, and yeah, Storm yeah. Thing, right? Um, Chip he released this he released a song, um, and the video is him outside a shell garage, right? And okay. he's basically and he's going off the Storm thing. Um, John Boyega calls up Muiwa to me um, yeah. and just says, right, you need to get get to a shell garage and do this now. And oh then within a few hours, like, like 2 a.m. in the morning, he does a complete, he does a complete possible parody oh, of that. Yeah, it's fucking genius, he works, man. He works so hard. He's mm. going to be, a, he's, yeah, he's going to be a big, a big star. Mm. Um, he's going to be a sort of Mo Gilligan level star and it's yeah. fully deserved. Yeah. But, definitely. and I'm not being critical of online stuff at all. It's fantastic. And it's, um, well, Mo Gilligan I definitely well. think there's like two tiers and it's, hard to i think if you've got it or you haven't and i haven't really like and no matter how how hard i try i can never get my stuff to look as nice as kind of mo's or Munyas, and it's a source yeah. of frustration speaking mm. of uk hip-hop i remember seeing an interview with wretch 32 years ago now. oh i love he's Rich. great where he said before he was signed all he wanted to do was get his videos looking as nice as people that were signed yeah um and it's that's something that really stuck with me like you have to put the time in and um, because i moan and moan about it but also i don't put the time in that i could because I get mm. frustrated by it and just go, oh, I hate this, it's all teenagers and don't use it properly. Mm. <laughs> I need to probably 
get away from it and do that. I started sitting down the last two weeks. I've started sitting down on Sunday and kind of writing out what little bits do I want to put out or try and film this week. Mm. Um, or even if it's like two, two five second clips a day. Um, and I haven't got all of them out or done much of any of them, but it feels nice to, to kind of make myself do it. Um, and to have that. And I mean, who knows when gigs return, those could end up being comedy bits or jokes. And it's just nice to have those there in a way that haven't been before. So I think the argument that it kind of stops you from writing comedy stuff is not really that true because it, a lot of that will turn into things and you have to keep producing in some format or it just falls away really quickly, or it certainly does for me. Mm. I think where I think that where the balance needs to be, I think where people need to have find the balance is being able to differentiate what should be going online and what can actually be yeah, that's on stage. True. Because you still need to be putting on the work on you need to be putting in the comedy work on stage in front of an audience as well as doing your online thing. And I think the balance can become a bit out of whack for some people. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. It's um, it's hard to know, and it's but it's. I think it's easy to put stuff out because you feel you have to, and that's not really, um, that's not really the case. But you feel like I just want to keep producing and keep getting stuff out there, and that's not really how it works. But it takes a while to learn that. Um, because you can't learn stage words online. Yeah, no, no, no. Or you like, can get better at it, but it's yeah. there or it isn't. Um, I remember, like, when we were doing the Summer Theatre course, right? Ah, uh, yeah, we, yeah. We had a guest, I'm not going to name the name, but, like, we had a guest a guest person come in, um, come in and speak to us, and they said that they've opened for Instagram comedians, mm. and they got a better response to, the, to that crowd than the Instagram comedian did, because the Instagram comedian didn't know how to perform in front of a crowd. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, and it's, but again, I think that can be learned. I mean, yeah. Jake Lambert's done the right for himself, starting off as like a boy writing one-liners on Twitter. Yeah. Um, because he worked very hard and learned it. And I think that was probably the Insta Comedian's second or third gig. But obviously the issue is, which wasn't really happening when Jake was around, when Jake was starting out, that these people get so big on social media so quickly that they're instantly put into very big gigs. Yeah. Um, so they're not, building their way up and like if you've got a ready-made fan base then fair enough but i can see again it's the same thing we were talking about with say towie figures being on panel shows and why that would be frustrating for actual comics mm. completely um, and i can see why it'd be frustrating to be like i've worked at this for 10 years and i'm getting paid less than this person opening for them and they don't know how to do this properly but also if i had that audience i probably would go for it because why wouldn't you yeah I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming them or anything like that. No, of course. I'm just, I'm just course. saying you cannot learn stage presence. By I being think you could learn it, but you can't. You can't learn it if you're starting from the top, which is necessarily what ends no. up happening. No, I say you can. I mean, learn, like, you, you can learn it. You can't yeah. learn it in this medium that we're doing right here, right now. Just sitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But you hear about um, you hear about sort of drill rappers who've like done a lot from them. Mm like rapping in the postcode they're from or sort of making videos. Yeah. And then they're put into the festival circuit and don't really know mm. what to do. Mm. Um, and that's you, something that definitely happens a lot. Funny you should mention that. Like I was watching uh, the Defending Digger D 
Um, yeah, that was who I was thinking of when I said that, when we were talking about um, yeah. him having to do wireless for the first time and going, oh, I've never done a gig before. Um, and obviously, like, it was a sold-out room because of who it was. Yeah, it's, well, it was really well, weird. It wasn't a sold-out room because it was during um, it was during lockdown, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, was during, it was during lockdown, yeah, yeah. so it was, it was wireless, but it was all online. And to be fair, he did look like he... Because he seems like a charismatic guy anyway. Yeah, he yeah. looked like, and he's a young, and he's quite young. He's like seventeen, yeah. like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and he was, I think, probably part of it was he was happy to be out of prison as well. Like he yeah. just looked like he was having the time of his life. Like yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a re- I thought that was a really good, a really nice moment to watch. Even though I'd have preferred to have seen it. Well, how he'd have reacted to like having hundreds of thousands of people watching him on the stage. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, he's he's got it, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was. I I love that program. It was such a positive thing to see. Yeah, it was so stupid. Like some of the restrictions that they put on him were so fucking stupid. Were so oh, it was so ludicrous. Stupid. It really worries me about um drill Re- being legislated in the way that it is. Oh, it, it really does. I mean, he, I mean, it's deeply racist as well, and it's kind of yes. Yeah. Who was it that said? Um, I can't remember who it was that said recently. Um, you wouldn't judge. They were saying, "Oh, it's music." You wouldn't judge um, Denzel Denzel Washington mm. for his role in Training Day. That's right. No, I can't remember who it was that said it. it was on the album recently, but it was yeah, and it's such a. It's such a disturbing thing, and obviously it's something that kind of the free speech crowd don't really tend to get onto, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> You're a bit like, you were thrown out of a club for saying a racist term, okay, maybe that should be happening, but like, <laughs> where's your defence of like, <laughs> diggity, or like, <laughs> music that's been, people have to send into the police before recording? That, yeah, exactly, that was, that, I'm, because I, I knew a little bit about the situation before, or I saw the documentary, but I didn't know it was that deep that he actually had to send his music to his lawyers to his to the police yeah, to actually review God. the lyrics yeah and, it's been going on for years like gigs used to get um gigs shut down oh, gi- oh yeah gigs, yeah gigs was like it's not forget gigs so sonic crew used to get their gigs shut down as well yeah, it's before yeah. it's, anything just in, in case things used to think things would pop up and but, it's just the same thing like if you look at far more people have probably being killed by racist mm. death metal fans yeah. <laughs> over, the, over the last 20 years, I would imagine, um, than directly by rap music. But it's... And, you do know, you know, and do you know what's insane? Like, I don't know why they're... I really don't understand why they're so paranoid about about something that you're popping up at one of the... At like a gigs or a Diggity concert. Do you know who listens to those... Who goes to those concerts because they can afford to? Yeah, exactly. White middle class, like, white exactly. middle class boys. Exactly, yeah. They're nervous about it because people have been critical of the police. Mm. It's the main reason. But yeah, no, completely. Um, and that has its own problems and its own arguments. Like, and I'm saying this myself as a white guy, like white people <laughs> listening to hip hop. But and that has its own <laughs> arguments. And its own problems, but it's it's definitely something that gives the lie to like, oh, this is directly responsible for gun violence. Well, there's a difference between appreciation and appropriation, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, yeah. George and Mildred. Yes, I chose this, um, yeah, I chose this, my sitcom to discuss, partly, 
in a tongue-in-cheek way because I think it's awful. And why do you think? Why do you think it's awful? That's I don't think it's awful. I think it's it's just a not very well written and not very well acted seventies British sitcom. And then it's a very kind of lowest common denominator example of like working class people versus middle class people and the funny mm. conflicts that happen between them. Mm. And but I enjoy it because it's so awful and ridiculous that it makes me laugh a lot more than more sophisticated ones do. That's true. That's a good, that's a good way to laugh. It, it makes, yeah, like, it probably, like, like something like Last of a Summer Wine makes me laugh, even though it's objectively a terrible, terrible sitcom, because it's, it's so slow and ludicrous, and some of the dialogue is written in such a stiff way, but it ends up being more reminiscent of how people actually talk, despite itself, and a lot more kind of cleverly put together sitcoms are and mm. um, like the nothingness of it and the the empty days um is much more true to life and something you can build funny off yeah There's something where say the jokes of the events are packed in because we're writing a sitcom mm. see i quite like the i just like the dynamic between the two the two main characters yeah it's i love just... it i like yeah and i like um i like the dynamic between them and their next door neighbor where um George is a working class Labour voter and the next door neighbour is a Tory. Mm. Um, and they would be happy to ignore and sort of respect each other, mm. but their wives are constantly trying to make friends across the social divide and it forces them together. Yeah, it's a bit and like... Well, that, it's a classic, like, the odd couple kind of thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. There's a really funny episode where um, George, where Mildred forces George to join the Tory party because she wants to go on their coach trip holiday because it's 20% <laughs> off. <laughs> and, like, I feel like there's so many people's mums and grandmas have come really close to that sort of thing. Um, and it's such a... I don't know, it's such a sort of evocation of Britain at that time. Mm. Um, and I just... I just really enjoy it, and I enjoy laughing at it despite itself. And it's a, it's a, it has a lot to say about things like unemployment and about mm. um, class relations, and yeah, it's and also that it ends with them having to go to Australia to avoid criminal prosecution. <laughs> it's such a great, like such a great way to wrap up a sitcom. <laughs> Do you think I like that? <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, so, where can people find you, Harry, just to wrap this up? At H Right, H right Comedy um, on all social media. So, Insta, mm. Twitter, um, Facebook. Or if you search, I do have YouTube. Um, I don't have enough subscribers to have a handle. But if you search Harry Wright Comedy or search Autism 101, um, it'll come up. Uh -oh. So, yeah, check me out on there. Um, I'm putting different bits and pieces up over the next few weeks. Um, and yeah, I've slowed down on making making much in this lockdown because I think everyone's just so tired of it. But yeah, I'm, that's where you can find me and kind of yeah, please do. It would be fun to yeah, it would be fun to um, yeah, chat to people and sort of and also the work in and also the work in progress. Yes, yep, work in progress coming up fourth and fifth um, February at Leicester Comedy Festival online. Um, that I'll send you a link to it. That is. I've promoted that and linked to it on all social media platforms anyway. It's free, but donations at the end. So if anyone wants to see sort of 45 minutes of me trying to put together a show, which will eventually be called Small Town Boy, um, which is about sort of growing up gay or sort of growing up in a very working class area, then yeah, please do. And I think it will be a really good show. And I'm looking forward to getting as many names in as possible, hopefully, or as many faces watching as possible, because otherwise it's a bit pointless. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. That that was really good. All right, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. I really enjoyed it.